بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وصلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد brothers and sisters we all understand the importance of security right so we have for example in our homes you might have security lights motion motion uh, activated lights you might have depending on the country uh, you might have burglar alarms uh, i know in south africa homes are like versions of fort knox there are two levels of fences and guard dogs and all kind of stuff depends on the threat involved similarly software we know various security things processes that we run we have password we have uh, face face recognition all kinds of stuff right when we travel we have security why 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 is this whole focus on security including for example we are all sitting here wearing masks security so security for health security for wealth security for you know personal safety what not what not my question to myself and you is what is our security against shaitan what is our security what do we have in place against misguidance by shaitan because if my money goes i can always replace it if my health goes well i may be able to replace it or not i may get cured i may not get cured if i don't get cured worst case scenario i die but i would die anyway nobody is going to live forever right so fear of death is ridiculous because what is there to fear i mean it's something that's going to happen what we actually should fear is what will happen after death it's not fear of death right death is what death is hamare urdu mein bada acha lafz hai usko hum kehte hain intiqal yani muntaqil ho gaye somebody has gone from this place to that place we have not ended our, our existence hasn't ended we've just changed from what this room to that room so there's nothing to fear in the, about death itself i have a, i have many non muslim friends who are not afraid of death because yes we we know we have to die one day the question is they have no concept of what will happen after death that is something to be feared if 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 that something goes wrong then there is no end to that so my question is what is our security against that happening against misguidance by shaitan against what to 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 think about that what can go wrong at the very minimal and i call it the the most minor level is that you might commit a sin even if it's a big sin right shaitan somehow inveigles you misguides you and you commit a big sin and big by big sin don't think about zina or something a big sin to tell a lie is a big sin not to pray one salah is a big sin so i mean we we thinking well i never murdered you, you didn't murder anybody but by murdering someone you don't become you don't commit kufr whereas deliberately not praying one salah takes you out of islam altogether so we we have a very you know different view of the actualities of religion 
So what is the guide? What is the security? What is the barbed wire fence? What is the fence against shaitan? The first and foremost of those fences is knowledge, is correct knowledge. Ilm al-Nafi. And in the Ilm al-Nafi, it is the knowledge about our religion. Because if we do not have knowledge about our religion, then shaitan can misguide us and take us all over the place. The defense against shaitan is knowledge. If we have the right knowledge, then when, when a waswasa comes, when a misguidance from shaitan comes, we have the answer to that. He said, no, sorry, this is wrong. So my question to myself anyway is, what is our effort at getting right knowledge? Number one. Number two is, when you are looking at securing a premises, you will look at which are the most vulnerable points in this parameter. You might say, well, you know, that gate at the back there, that is a weak spot because there is a gate and uh, rest of it is a fence, but then right at the back is a weak spot because even though there is no open gate, but it's always in the dark and behind that are trees and so on and so on. So if somebody comes from there, we don't know. So we make these things, right? So these are the weak points. Now, what are our weak points? First set of weak points is this two here, the two eyes. Rasulullah said, these are like arrows, they go straight to the heart. So what we look at, guarding our sight, what we look at. And once again, knowledge comes to, to, the, to our rescue because knowledge will tell you what you can look at and what you cannot look at. What you should look at and what you should not look at. Right? Imam Shafir had a memory which was completely photographic. He used to say that when I read a book, I cover one side, one page, because otherwise it imprints in my mind. He was a student of Imam Malik. So one day he came to Imam Malik when Anas Rahmatullah and he said to him, I've forgotten the Quran, I cannot, I'm, I'm not able to recite even Surah Al-Fatiha. And Imam Shafi memorized the Quran when he was five years old. And he had memorized many, many books, not just the Quran. Many of the, of the kitabs he had, he had memorized. There's a wonderful story. He was traveling once uh, with some of his students and so on. And they got caught in a, in a sail, in a flash flood. And with great difficulty, they crossed over and so on. And in the process, Imam Shafi found that the books which he was carrying in his saddlebags got completely soaked in water. And you know, those days they used to write by hand. So... Book soaked in water means finished. That's the end of the book. All the ink runs and everything else. So his students were very, very upset and they said, Swarala, what happened to this thing and how will we ever replace these books and what not? And this is why Imam Shah was sitting quietly. He was not bothered, not perturbed. So one of them said to him, Ya Shaykh, I mean, this, all these books are gone and you're not, you are not even bothered. You are not even you know, worried. He said, what book has gone? Where is it gone? He said, bring paper. Just start writing. Title of the book, by so and so, this, this, this. In the, by the rest of the journey, he dictated the whole book. He had memorized all those books. That man comes to Imam Malik, his, his Ustad, and says, I have forgotten the Quran. 
Imam Malik said, it is not possible. How can you forget the Quran? He said, I have forgotten the Quran. I, I am not able to recite. When I read, read in Salah, even Fatih, I am not able to do. Imam Malik said, then go and make istighfar and tawbah and think about what did you look at which you should not have looked at. And that is why Allah has taken away the Quran from you. Imam Shafi went away. He came back. The next day he says to his, to his ustad, he said, Jazakumullah khairan. The Quran came back. He said, how? He said, because I remembered I was in the market and there was a lady getting out of a vehicle and her shin from the ankle upwards, ankle below the knee, her shin got exposed and I happened to look at it. The people of great honored levels and standards, they get caught much harder than people like us. And this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Accidentally looking at this leg of the woman, the, 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 the calf, right, the shin of the woman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took away his Quran. He said, I, re- I recall that, I made istighfar, tawbah, I made ghusl, I prayed to rakat salah, I begged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he gave back the Quran to him. Eyes, guarding of the eyes. I'm talking about security and what precautions to take. First one is knowledge. Without that, we don't even know what is right or wrong. Second one is guarding the eyes. And ears, both. These are all related. And the third one is not asking questions for which there are no answers. And this is a special trap of what I call people like me, educated, unemployed. We have some knowledge. And just because we have some knowledge of some field, we feel ourselves capable of asking questions and extrapolating and, uh, and, and hypothesizing about Islam. Oh, but you see, I, I know English. Oh, I'm a doctor, I'm an engineer, I'm, I'm a rocket scientist. Yeah, big deal. So what? So what? What gives you the right to ask questions about the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you've not studied that science? You would not do that with something else. I mean, if I'm not a doctor, I would not dream of holding forth on some medical point. I would look like a fool because I don't, that's not my area. If I have my brother here, I will ask him because he's a doctor. I won't tell him something. But with Islam, everybody is an expert. And the problem with that is that we ask questions for which there is no answer. Right? Now, in Islam, there are certain questions which we are not supposed to ask. Not because there is some great secret, but because nobody can answer that question. And that's why it is a fundamental principle of our aqidah that we believe as Allah described, bila kaif. We don't say how. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Thumma istawa ala al-arsh. Allah has made istiwa on the arsh. We don't say what is the meaning of istiwa. How, when we say Allah is on his arsh, what does it mean? Does he sitting there, standing there, lying down? What is he doing? Naudhu billah. So similar questions. Staying within the boundary of your knowledge and accepting and understanding that there are certain questions, no matter how big an alim you might be, there are some questions which have no answers because the only one who can answer that question directly is Allah and Allah is not talking to you. 
And if you think Allah is talking to you, then you know what that means, right? So that is the second, that, that is the, so knowledge, guarding the eyes and ears. And this is why I would say guarding the tongue because not asking questions for which there are no answers. These are the safety boundaries and the security boundaries for our Iman. Because as I told you, if wealth goes, it can be replaced. If health goes, we have cures for it, inshallah. But if Iman goes, if shaitan plants a doubt in your mind, if shaitan shakes your Iman, and may Allah protect us from this, believe me, Anyone who is alive until his last breath, if he feels secure from shaitan, then something is very seriously wrong. We are not safe. We are not safe. I have seen, I actually know people. And I remember them how they used to be and I see them how they are today and I ask the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wonderful, good, beautiful people completely, totally practicing Islam and more. One doubt in the mind and today they are way somewhere. I don't say they are out of Islam because that's between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But whatever they are, definitely I don't want to be there. That's as simple as that. And all because of one single doubt. Shaitan planted in the, in the head and that's it. Khalas. Gone. Iman gone. Yaqeen gone. Everything gone. Salah is over. Som is over. Fasting is over. Zakat is Nothing, nothing, nothing. So it's very, very important, I remind myself and you, let us be very, very careful with our Iman. And guard it far more than we guard anything else in our lives.